This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. Joining us today, a very, very special guest uh, here to give us a, a uh, an alternate take on uh on the primary topic that we've been discussing over the last three days or so, Audi James, the co-host of Game Over Calgary on Steve Dangle Podcast Network, the play-by-play announcer for the Drumheller Dragons, and a contributor to Locked on Flames. Audi, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, what, what do you mean? You guys have been talking about something that happened between Calgary and Florida? Yeah. Is it, you is know, it, is it a connection between Sam Bennett or, or uh, oh God, who's that other? Who the hell? What's it? Why am I blanking? What's his name? The other former flame, uh, Eric Jay Bowmeister. Jay Bowmeister. Oh, God damn. He's on the team right now. Oh, I'm the worst. I am the, the Ryan Lomberg. Right now. Ryan Lomberg. Oh, Ryan Lomberg. I was like, Notable I was like, oh. overtime playoff hero, Ryan so, Lomberg. So I'm like, you- I'm, <laughs> I'm like preparing for this. I'm like, man, I'm going to have the best like one liner here talking about, oh, what's the biggest news? Is it Sam Bennett and and uh ryan lomberg when it has to do with the flames and and, and panthers but i but- i butchered it <laughs> anyways i'm doing well thank you for having me it's, yeah, it's uh been, it, it's, it's great to be able to talk to you again it's been yeah, so damn absolutely. long i think you and i you and i were on uh we're on a different show together uh recently i, I think a year or so ago uh, we did something for my youtube channel do you remember that yes. we did the we did the preview for right no you had kim and me on i had you uh, and kim to yeah, do the, the same to do a preview of the isles panthers series right that's, that's right. what it was yeah yes. that did not go well for us no the yeah, series no, did. Not, the episode was a ton of fun it was great yeah but aside, <laughs> that was about the only uh the only the only high point of that uh that's zero yeah, but yeah I no predicted a panther sweep if i'm not mistaken <laughs> I was you went very you went not in. correct. You went all in. I loved it, but uh, you, you got to have those risky takes every now and then. It was good. It was good. Yeah, it was, and that's that was way too long ago. So it's it's uh, it's nice to yeah. be able to reconnect. It's great to have you back on. Uh, I know the last time we were talking about like, hey, we should get you on was when the Panthers and Flames play each other in the 2022 Stanley Cup Final. That'll be <laughs> a really fun episode. Uh, but no, we're here to discuss former Panther and Flame. Uh, Eric and Branson signing with the Columbus Blue Jackets, of course. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, obviously, Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger are now members of the Calgary Flames, and Matthew Kachuk uh, is a member of the Florida Panthers. And Audie, you and I were obviously joking about, like, hey, Kachuk's going to be a Panther. Uh, what I did not realize was that Huberto and Weger were both going to go the other way. Uh, so we just wanted to get your uh, get the Calgary take on uh, on on this blockbuster trade of the summer. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, one of the biggest trades in in recent memory for Calgary, at least. Um, but yeah, it was it was crazy, man. Like I remember, like the, the night it happened, like my phone was dead. Plugged it in. We had some buddies over at the house, and we were playing a card game or something. And my phone, like my girlfriend was like, "I think someone's trying to call you," because my phone was you know away from me and it was buzzing. I looked down, I'm like, "Holy smokes!" Text message after text message, like Kachuk's gone. Kachuk's gone. He's going to Florida. I was like, what the hell? So I open, of course, open up Twitter, go to Friedman. No return yet. No return. I'm like, oh, God, just, you know, you guys know how it is. Eh? The constant oh, yeah. refresh of Elliot Friedman or, or Sarah Valley. It's tweet notification CJ. season, Audie. That's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, right? So you're waiting and waiting and waiting to see this return. I'm like, okay, we know he's going to Florida. Like, obviously, I'm not super well-versed with the prospect pool or, you know, I don't know. Guys... Well, that's kind of what I came to realize. And I'm like, okay, well, this doesn't really make too much sense like we all thought okay so let me preface with all of us in calgary thought that the matthew kachuk return was going to pretty much 
start a rebuild or put this team into uh, a bit of a retool or a rebuild, if you will, uh, because, you know, he would yield a haul of what we thought would be young A-level prospects, uh, some higher draft picks, you know, that's kind of the, the, was kind of the return that everybody was expecting. So as I'm refreshing, I get a text from my brother who must have seen the notification first. And all it said, it pops down on my iPhone was Huberto in all caps. I was like, there's no way this guy's screwing with me <laughs> until Friedman says it. It's not true. Right. Uh, another thing we all know, but um, yeah. And I'm like, Huberto, like, that's amazing. Like if it one for one, like for Huberto, that's pretty crazy. There's probably a pick in there. I'm like, this is good. This guy was like 115 points last year, second in the league. Um, this is great. And then I'm like, oh my God, here's the full trade. Mackenzie Wegar, Cole Schwint, who I had to message you and say, what? Tell me about Cole Schwint. You had to and, message uh, me and basically say, who the fuck is Cole Schwint? Pretty much. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, I, you know, the funny thing is, the only reason I really know him is because I've seen you tweet about him, <laughs> but I didn't really know anything about the player. So then I see it's a 2025 first round pick as well. So I'm like, wait a second, there's a first involved here. Florida doesn't have their first in 2023. I'm pretty sure they don't have it in 2024. Uh, so you're not picking for the first round in the first round for a long time. Hope that's okay. But yeah, I mean, to make a fucking long story short, I was pretty happy. Um, definitely not the way I thought the trade was going to go when we all knew that Matthew Kachuk was going to yeah. go. Um, but definitely not disappointed uh, at all with the return um, in Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Wegar, who, like, you ask any Flames fan, just like smiling ear to ear seeing this return. We're, we're, we're pretty pumped to have these boys... Uh, Rocking the flaming sea here. Uh, real quick, just because I know we're not going to spend too much time on Cole Swint, I'm going to make the formal request on behalf of the entire podcast. We're going to put it on you, Audie, to keep the who the fuck is Cole Swint meme going. If you don't know that story, um, I saw the, the tweet. I yeah. did. I sent you the tweet on Friday. Right. So, yeah. So there's a funny story about that too, because like, I was I literally was like, who the fuck is Cole Schwinn? And then I remembered your tweet and I'm like, that's exactly how I remember it. Like, that's why I was like, who the fuck is Cole Schwinn? And because uh, I remember, I think, he, did he like the tweet or he replied yeah. to it? Yes, or something? he, liked, no, he liked it. And so uh, that's kind of like, I literally was like, who the fuck is Cole? And I'm like, oh, who the fuck is Cole Schwinn? Like, this <laughs> it makes sense. Like, this is this is exactly how I know who Cole Schwinn is or, or of of the player, at least. But I will keep that alive. I'll make sure that uh, that Flames Twitter and Flames fans know who the fuck is Cole Schwint. Uh, and I'm sure, well, he knows the story. He knows the story anyways. Hey, like, yeah, he knows. Like he, we had him on the podcast. We had a laugh about it. Like it was nothing but like good fun about it. Like he was just like, oh yeah, these guys had no idea who, who they, who I was. And I laughed about it and he gave us some shit about it. And the funny thing is, is I think he's actually a really solid pickup for you guys. Now, obviously yeah, he is. He's not going to have the impact of Uyghur or Huberto, but like this is a guy who has a bottom six, like stalwart future with, you know, in the NHL, like he's going to do all the little things right. And he's going to be a player fans really like, and he's never going to cost a lot of money. That's at least my projection for the only reason I'm going to dispute what you just said about the value that he'll bring relative to Huberto and Uyghur is, uh, that you've got a possibility for Cole Schwint to be in Calgary for a long time. Yeah, I was going to say much longer than the yeah. uh, idea of I would be shocked and, if Jonathan or... Huberto stayed in Calgary beyond this year. Uyghur, I think, is more palatable, um, mm -hmm. but also not – like I'd still bet the field over Uyghur staying in Calgary. Huberto, I would – no way. There's just no way. Yeah. What's the mentality on that, Audi? Because I was going to, that was one of the things yeah. I wanted to talk to you about. And since we're already there, I figured we might as well ask you, like, is Calgary hopeful? Have I know uh, Huberto and Uyghur both said they were open to it, but, you know, that's kind of the thing you have to say. And I'm not, I'm not trying to dunk on you or anything because, like, no, no, you can't, just, you can dunk on us as much as you want. You know, the offseason we've had up to this point. Look, Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau both said the exact same thing that they were open to staying in Calgary. Right. So Flames fans, fool us once, shame on us, uh, or shame on you, fool us twice, shame on me. Um, we've seen we've we've uh we've seen this before. We've we've seen this movie, we've we've heard this tune, we know exactly what to expect. So I would say expectations versus reality. I think the expectations are high. Obviously, people want these guys to stay, given the fact that we just basically lost two superstars because um 
they, you know, nobody, nobody wants to stay in Calgary. Nobody likes Calgary. Nobody likes his market, whatever you want to put it, uh, attribute it to. Um, but at the same time, people understand like, okay, well, we just lost Johnny Gaudreau for, uh, for nothing. Um, Matthew Kachuk didn't want to stay here long-term. So I don't know. I think that the temperature for flames fans right now is, is cautious optimism, kind of how it's always been with the whole Gaudreau <laughs> thing and with the, with the, um, uh, most recently with Matthew Kachuk as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to hold my breath. The, the, the possibilities just run through my head nonstop about, you know, whether if they do want to stay or if they, you know, don't want to, and what do you do with them? Like it's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll just say that it's going to be interesting to follow along and see. We know Alan Walsh posted and tweeted my, my coworker at SDPN, uh, posted and tweeted about, uh, um, you know, the quote that Huberto said about being open to the idea. I tweeted about it and I got raked over the coals by flames Twitter for trying to fall for it again. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see because, you know, you guys don't seem so, uh, keen on the Huberto thing. Whereas there's a lot of people in Calgary who think, well, well, why wouldn't he want to cash in blah, blah, blah. So we'll see. I'm not going to, I don't want to speculate too much because it's just going to lead to a heartbreak and be making me making a fool of myself for being wrong. So, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see, but we're all very hopeful. Let me breach a couple of things on the subject. First of which being, Hey, how's it going guys? (laughs) I, 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 I didn't just get here. I've totally been here the whole time. And our, our, our esteemed guest just, host, TJ Peterson, tonight. Yeah. From Zaxby's in Orlando. That's actually exactly correct, even though it sounds like... Zaxby correct. Exactly. Oh. And that's the kind of right. content now. <laughs> yeah. All right, before I, my ADHD takes me off track of what I was going to ask, the first question I was going to ask is, because we've had a little bit of hesitation in terms of what a Huberto extension would look like and how good of an idea it would be. Are you like totally gung ho on the idea of we got to lock this guy up? And then second question, which is kind of unrelated, sorry, but I do want to hear your opinion on both of these things. Do you wish that it was just like Anton Lundell or Spencer Knight and some other good prospects, do you wish that this was like an equivalent value futures package? Or are you glad that it ended up being what it ended up being? First of all, holy shit, way to come in here and just drop a couple of bombs of questions here. Um, Sorry, so the first part of that was, because I was so enamored by the second part. Actually, I'm going to answer the second part first. Go Um, for it. So, yeah, to answer your point, and, and we kind of talked about it a little bit before, that was the expectation um, up until, you know, we found out what the return was going to be. And everybody was kind of okay with that for the most part. You know, maybe retool a little bit, restructure, go out and make a couple free agent signings if you can. Well, you got all this money now, so you probably can see if anybody wants to come here. Uh, I know that's the, the the thing that everybody seems to think nobody wants to come to Calgary. Um so we were okay. Like as, as fans, I think for the most part, we were okay with that. So I don't think it would have been, you know, nobody would have really thought anything of it if it was, you know, something like that package that you just mentioned TJ. But uh, I don't think like looking at it now, I'm, I think I'm happier with, even though they're only locked in for sure for one year, uh, I think I'm happier with Huberto and Uyghur or Uyghur. Sorry. I was, I was just over, pronounce the AR. It's very it's tempting, gonna, I guess. It's it's gonna be it's gonna <laughs> you take wouldn't a be while. The first person to pronounce it like that. It's gonna take me a while to get used to just Uyghur. I've always called them it's anyway. Um yes, I'm happier that the window <laughs> of competition uh or competitiveness or whatever you want to call it, I think is open more so uh with these two guys in the lineup and these two guys being a part of this trade, even if it's only for one year and they they pull a Kawhi Leonard and they go wherever the hell they want after. Um, not to say I think the Flames are going to win a Stanley Cup. I was going to say bold yeah. comparison. I, okay. Kawhi, won a, Kawhi won a championship. That's what I'm saying. Okay, and then bailed. Right, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> what I'm saying is, if they if they do win a cup this year, I could give a rat's ass about yeah. where they go after this season. Uh, the, the, that means the Flames have won a Stanley Cup and they can go where the hell they want, as far as I'm concerned. Um, if not. And 
it's going to be interesting to see kind of what kind of happens this season with the direction the flames go and, and kind of how they, uh, how they come out in their, uh, in the Pacific this year and what they look like. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if the flames are not what they're shaped out to be, or maybe they get to the deadline and they say, Hey, you know, maybe this isn't the year. There's a couple really good pieces right there that you could flip for even more assets. So the way I look at it, like it's a win-win for me. I think if it goes one of those two routes, now if they make the playoffs and then these guys both walk in the offseason, that's when it blows up in Calgary's face and obviously you guys win the trade. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I wouldn't be opposed to either of those. Like if they do end up going on a bit of a run or if they're able to work out extensions, I'm happy with that. If the Flames aren't competitive and they're not you know, seemingly, like I said, at the deadline and they're not uh, where they want to be, there's a couple guys that, you know, you could ship to a contender at 50% if you really wanted to, you know, help this team out and maximize your profit or maximize your, you know, your return. Um, a couple guys that you could, uh, you could ship off elsewhere. So it depends on which way the flames would like to go this year. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like yet, but either way, I think I'm, I'm pretty content with the whole thing. Now, unfortunately, I think the worst outcome for Flames fans is also the it. most likely one. I don't want to hear um, it. Just because, I mean, with the way that the Pacific <laughs> is, just period. Yeah. For Brad Tree Living to approach the deadline and decide, you know what, this isn't the year. Calgary would have to have had a disastrous season oh, to yes. be in that situation. Oh, yes. yes. But I also and don't think don't that they're it nearly strong enough to, to come out of the West and, and really try for a cup. Um yeah. Maybe look, get into the playoffs, anything happens. And uh I it's funny the way that you phrase like, yeah, if, if they win a cup, then I don't care if they walk after this year. Panthers fans kind of feel the same way about losing Jonathan Huberto in the first place. Mm-hmm. If yeah, the no. Panthers win a cup with Matthew Kachuk, who's Jonathan Huberto? Right. Right. I think that's the difference you know, that, being that, that, that the Panthers have seven years more to win with yeah. Kachuk than you have with Huberto. <laughs> <laughs> and that could be, you know, that's, it's the old cliche with any trade, right? Like that's right. pretty much, you could say that for any trade in this league for the most part, um, any of the big blockbusters or bigger names that get moved, but yeah, you know, all can be forgiven if they just, you know, somehow go on a bit of a run here. He turns Elias Lindholm into a 50 goal scorer and, uh, and Uyghur wins a Norris. Uyghur, Uyghur, Uyghur wins a Norris. Uh, let me pose like an alternate scenario. Let's say this goes pretty well because when you say they make the playoffs, that doesn't include like the wide variety of outcomes that can happen in the playoffs. Let's say they win at least 15 playoff games or not, not 15. Sorry. Let's say they win at least 11, which means that either wins the cons, which means that either, they got to game seven of the conference finals or they made the cup final and didn't come. Do you think that you would still be happy with the trade at that point? So if they made it that far, but didn't win a cup. Uh, yeah, I think, I think there would be reason to be happy for it. Um, Cause that's a lot further than both Johnny Gaudreau or Matthew Kachuk were able to lead this team to us to uh, in a, in a cup run or in the playoffs in general. Um, I think that, you know, maybe that might be enticing for them too to maybe want to sign and maybe stick around too. So they could, I don't know. It's all what ifs, right? You don't, we don't really know what's going to happen beyond, you know, this year and, and, and into the future with their contracts situations and whatnot. So I don't know. Maybe that's, an, maybe that's enough of an enticer to keep, to make them want to stick around. Look, Calgary's a beautiful city. Um, I don't know if any of you have been. I've lived in a lot of places in Canada and Calgary is by far without a reason of doubt. I've lived in Toronto. I've lived in Ottawa. I've lived in various places. Calgary is by far the best place I've lived. And a lot of people have glowing reviews of this place. Um, so that could be a good factor too. But like, if, like if they do go on that run, um, then yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's an enticing piece for them to want to stick around. I would be happy because it's the furthest we've seen them in God. What? 40 years something crazy like that over 40 years um or no i guess they well, oh four was, yeah oh four i mean like by the way by the way it was in it was in it was in it was you guys in. would get 
You guys. The Lightning love... have zero legitimate Stanley Cups. No, as, they got as Mickey everybody Mouse. knows. Mickey Mouse Cups. That's it. <laughs> Mickey Mouse Cups. That's it. Uh, and it was a hundred percent in. Um, Shout out Marty Jelena. But yeah, um, Marty Jelena. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of a connection here with these There's two teams, isn't there? There's a lot of parallels to draw here. But yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to follow along and. You know, as a, as someone who covers this team and, and a fan of this team, it's it's fascinating. It's it, it's it's been a roller coaster, hey. Like just this year has or this off season, getting put out by your provincial rivals to have your two superstars leave and free agency and one request a trade. It's tough. It's tough. Am I am I am I singing to the choir here? Like it's interesting. It's, yeah, I mean, you, you, losing to an in-state rival and then yeah, seeing two two fan favorite players not on the team anymore. Yeah, no, we get it. <laughs> I mean, you realize We're essentially this... kindred spirits here. Yeah. yeah. You realize Did you see the quote PJ. Matthew Kachuk said, I hate Edmonton, but I, I hate uh, Tampa more. He does hate. And, and the, the best part about that quote is he despises Edmonton. If there's one thing I've learned about his tenure as a Calgary flame, he hates that city and he hates all those people who play there. It's the best. You guys are going to love him for that reason too. In the battle of Florida. Oh yeah. You're going to love it. I mean, we have two wonderful new things in the division now. We have the Matthew Kachuk Brady Kachuk rivalry, and the one no one's talking. I mean, yeah, we have also, I guess, Matthew Kachuk versus we Tampa. Are about it. And then the one only, I feel like only we're the ones who realize this now, but Brad Marchand and Matthew Kachuk are now in the same division. Like, it's crazy. That's going to be fun. That's going to be, fun. That's gonna it's gonna be, be a like bloodbath. To, to me, Matthew Kachuk is like Brad Marchand Jr., they're the same yeah. kind of player, same yeah. annoying pest takes dirty shots, never gets called for it. Like the Panthers finally have one of those and they're now in the same division going to play each other four times a year. Like this is going to be outstanding. Yeah. The guy you, the guy you hate to play against, but love to have on your team. It's uh, yeah, we've, we've experienced it for however many years with, with Matthew for uh, here in Calgary, six, six or seven years. So um, I'm glad you guys are going to get to experience it. Uh, and I hope the fans get around him as much as uh as much as Flames fans did here, it won't it makes take me long. Feel very old that Matthew Kachuk has been in the league for six years. <laughs> yeah, he was two thousand. Am I making that up? At twenty six? No, because he's twenty four, and he he yeah, uh, yeah he's twenty four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Um, and thank you to I believe it was the Canucks who went and picked uh, Oliu Levy. I think it was the pick yeah. before Calgary Panther took Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, Another forever a Panther. Panther. Holy shit! I didn't even I forgot about that too. So many Panthers. I so did I. <laughs> no, not really, because I brought it up. But I mean, was he even really here? Oh, I think he played like one game. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Well, he was, in, and he was the pick before Kachuk, I believe. If if you've got it there. Yeah, uh, he went to Levy was fifth. Yeah, that was yeah. Matthews line. They do Wapu Yarvi Levy Kachuk. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. Clayton Keller. Yeah. That's a tough. That's a tough look, there, Canucks fans. Holy, heesh! Even I guess fourteenth uh, that year. Yikes! You would say the Oilers. Yeah, I was gonna say even even Edmonton. Yes, uh, he hasn't uh, hasn't quite taken that step. But I hope he gets traded this offseason with his new contract. Well, everybody thinks so. Everybody's like, they don't. Want I don't him. think he will. I just want him to. They don't yeah. want him. Well, yeah, the media, the media at least doesn't want him. They they do a good job of of beating the drum of uh, how much better the Oilers are when Yessa Puliarvi isn't on the ice. So that's just yeah. Edmonton media for you. Yeah, enjoy Darnell Nurse, one of the worst contracts <laughs> in the NHL for the next eight years. Oh, you know what? I got to come on the show more often. Shit talking the Oilers, <laughs> oh, yeah. and Panthers parallels. Oh, and just to be Audi, just you wait for the Carter Verhage is better than Connor McDavid content. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, I mean we can shit talk Vancouver too because like that's a that's a fan base and an organization I love to dunk on. Just they're so delusional. And now they employ Dale Talon. And now they employ Dale Talon. Oh Talent. god, that's yeah, true. that's Jesus. So we're gonna have a lot of fun with that one this season. <laughs> Calgary is still the best of the three. Oh, that makes me happy to hear. Yeah. yeah, I like to think so, too. I like to think so, too. I mean, one thing you mentioned earlier is you hope uh, Jonathan Huberto can turn um, Elias Lindholm into a 50-goal scorer. you got to remember, for, for the, the, the few Calgary fans who listen to this because you joined us today, this is the guy who fixed Sam Bennett. Like, yeah. He turned Sam yeah. Bennett into a legit top-six NHLer 
because he is that good with the puck on his stick. Elias Lindholm was a lot better than Sam Bennett. Oh yeah. But that's going to be 50 goals. Well, and that's, that's the thing I wanted to kind of preface with too, was like, I don't think that this is by no means me thinking that Elias Lindholm needs the help. Like he was a 40 goal scorer last year and, and had some Selkie recognition, but uh, yeah, it's going to be, and, and, you know, it was, it was kind of uh, encouraging to hear in, in Huberto's, uh, press conference with, with when he first met Calgary media. I can't remember which reporter asked him about possibly playing with Elias Lindholm. It might have been Haley Salvian. But uh, either way, you know, he they, basically she prefaced by saying, oh, he scored 40. Are you excited to play with him? And he said, yeah, hopefully when he when he's finished with me, he'll score 50. It's like, man, that's exactly what we wanted to hear. You're just you're just feeding into it, pumping our tires up. The and, problem uh, is I don't think he's better than Johnny Gaudreau. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. With with as the a puck, pass, as like a as a playmaker, I think he's better than Johnny Gaudreau as a playmaker. I think he is too. I think, I think Johnny Gaudreau is a better overall player, but Huberto is absolutely okay. That, yeah, I, that's I think Gaudreau is the. I would one hundred percent agree. I think Gaudreau is probably all around better. I don't know. He yeah. definitely. It, it, but another thing too, you got to realize Johnny Gaudreau last year, like a full year under Daryl Sutter in a completely different system is unlike any Johnny Gaudreau we've ever seen. That's so it's, also it's, true. it's also the system that they're playing in, which I'm also super excited to see um, Jonathan Huberto and, and even Mackenzie Weger come into as well. Um, no, I would say especially Weger. Yeah. I yeah Sutter, Sutter's not going to allow Weger to make the mistakes that Burnett did. Yeah, but what? But I'm, I'm more saying like they were both already in a system that accentuated their offensive strengths. I don't think you're going to get more offensively. We said under- that about Gaudreau. We said that about Gaudreau. We said that about Kachuk. We said all that same thing. It was the same old song and dance here in Calgary. You're not getting more than 115 points out of Jonathan Huberto. I'm telling you. That's fine. I don't need 150. I don't need, I don't even, yeah, give me, give me a hundred points. I'm good with a hundred points. Give me, give me 90 points. Oh, that's absolutely doable. I'm, I'm just saying like, you know, these guys were playing in a system that fit them extremely well, especially Mackenzie Weger. Like, there really isn't another gear for them to get to, but what you're getting is still really fucking good. So it's not mm-hmm. like, I'm not saying these guys are going to fall off. I'm just saying there's no higher gear. This is what you're I getting. See. Yeah. You're getting, yeah. You're getting really good players. I get you. I get you. I still, I still want to see what they look like in, in that system. Oh, look, Mackenzie Weger is beautiful. I, yeah. I believe it. What's that Disney? Oh, you meant like on, in Daryl Sutter's system. Not oh yeah. Actual well, system. Yeah. <laughs> As a, as a man, hell of a hell of a guy. Um, but the, what does Disney do? I was reading somewhere that he does like a weather with Uyghur or something yes. like that. Yeah, weather with Weegzy. That was a weather very with short, uh, a very short lived segment. We're gonna have um, to we're gonna have to talk to Tor. yeah. That was, that was a really can, fun one. We can talk to Tori at the at the, at the Flames uh, social media admin there and see what she can do. But <laughs> that that would be fun to have, uh, especially when it gets down to. Uh, minus 40 Celsius. Something. Yeah, but he's he's an Ottawa kid, so it's not I like guess he's... So. Uh, I've lived there. He, he knows it's, what it's like. It's goddamn cold there. It is goddamn cold in Ottawa. But yeah, it gets it gets nasty cold here. Like, like Ottawa, the best way, and just to, for all the weather nuts out there, this will be a quick segment. Uh, Ottawa cold and Calgary cold is completely different because Ontario, it's like, it's like a wet stick to your ribs kind of cold. Whereas in Calgary, it's like a super dry, like you let your hands out and you got to apply like six pounds of lotion, uh, nosebleed kind of cold. So anyway, he's, he's in for a treat. Which so do you Ontario think is worse? the cold version of Florida and Calgary is the cold version of Arizona? Yeah. 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 Pretty much. <laughs> but, but which cold is worse? Cause I have an opinion on this, but I want to hear what you have to say. Oh, the, uh, the wet cold, Ontario cold. Thank you. Way worse. Just like Thank humidity. You. Thank you. Like, just like See, Calgary, I personally no prefer wet here. heat to dry heat. Really? No, no. Okay. I, I also have a very specific skin type and I just don't do well in dry air in general. Do not come to Calgary. You Deal. are going to hate it. Here. <laughs> it is so dry. I, right as I pump Calgary's tires. Oh, dude, everybody loves it here. This was the best place. Yeah, I've Calgary ever been rules. Here. Jacob, don't you ever, don't ever foot come in this here. fucking city. <laughs> Well, I mean, you keep talking about how Calgary is the best place you've ever lived. I have to point out something to you. You've never lived in the God-blessed United States of America. 
No, no, I haven't. And uh, all you are is a hat, Audi. I am just. <laughs> this is why I Matthew Kachuk left you. Or hat, hat. He is Canada's. He is part of the Canada, which is America's hat. Oh, that's fair. I thought oh. you were making a joke because Audi is literally always wearing a hat. I'm always wearing a hat for the most part. <laughs> you did post that one I thought picture that was your hair. yesterday with uh, <laughs> Toner, yeah, Toner with, with Andrew hair, hair. Uh, with your co-host. Yeah. yeah, with Andrew and Peter. Yeah, I was. I know. I was like humming and hawing before I left. I'm like, oh, I wear a hat every day at work. I wear a hat the minute I come home. I should at least this one time not wear a hat. Like Look, just, we all have our signatures. Yeah, it's it's the backwards hat for me. It's. It is what it Mine is. Mine is my sword. <laughs> I love your sword. Mine it's is that my son sword. shows up almost every podcast. That's true. Your, yours is Tommy. Uh, <laughs> TJ always gets to the point. It's named after me. It's not named after you. <laughs> I was going to say your sword is great because it gets to the point. And uh, I'm going to get to the point now. So because we're talking about coaches, I mm-hmm. do want to ask you, this was Daryl Sutter's first full season in Calgary, and it was noticeable because a lot of players had career years and Matthew Kachuk was no exception. What did Daryl Sutter do that unlocked Matthew Kachuk? And can it be replicated? That's a damn good question. And, and it starts with just how good of a coach I think Daryl Sutter is like, look, he was he he coached Eric Goodbranson into a, what? What did he sign a three-year deal with you know Columbus? Yeah. Four by four. Four by Good four. Goodbranson actually had a decent season. Like like he is got to like, there's got to be a Rolex or I guess I guess Daryl's a farmer. He's got to be buying him a a tractor an or something. Auger. To, yeah, an auger, a big tractor, or pay for his his crop. <laughs> I don't know what farmers do. <laughs> I don't know what farmers do or use. <laughs> I'm a backhoe or a pig or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he owes a lot of that to Daryl Sutter. And look, when, when Daryl came in, it, it, a lot of Flames fans kind of, well, we knew what Daryl Sutter's system and what his structure is like. He's been in this, he's been in Calgary before as both a coach and a GM. We saw how he did it in, uh, in LA. Uh, they win those cups there. And we thought it was going to be boring hockey you know, super close two one three one, um, But I don't know what it, what it was that he did to unlock Matthew Kachuk. And I don't know if it was more so Sutter's system working or if it was maybe a change of voice in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my speculations and I love Mark Giordano and I'll always be thankful for what he did here in Calgary. But last, the, the season before last, um, we all know the infamous Jake Muzzin puck flip incident where it was the end of the game and, and Jake Muzzin and Matthew Kachuk were going at each other all night. And after the buzzer, Jake Muzzin just kind of, you know, as one does chirpingly, it was harmless flips the puck at Matthew Kachuk and he has a temper tantrum, right? Well, what we found, what we come to find out after is that there was a closed door meeting with the leadership group and they basically read him the riot act. To cut the shit out just stop being stop being a pest cut out the shit and uh that was pretty well the demise of of him that season he didn't look the same he had a bad year all of a sudden you remove that voice from the room and matthew kachuk is a completely different player i think it was more so the leadership group and kind of the leash that they had him on uh then then it was actually daryl sutter's system i think daryl sutter's system played more of an impact on Johnny Gaudreau than anybody on this, uh, on the team last year. Um, not to say Matthew was, you know, wasn't impacted. He definitely, you know, became a better 200 foot player and, uh, was definitely way more responsible in his own end, but they also weren't getting as many defensive zone starts and stuff like that too. So it was, it was kind of hard to, to dictate and judge that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it can be replicated. I, I just think that, you know, Matthew Kachuk's going to be a pest. He just doesn't, I just don't think he likes people trying to get in the way of that, you know? Um, and I don't see Sasha Barkov sitting them down in the corner and, and telling him to, to cut the crap the way that, uh, the way that it seemingly was here in Calgary. So uh, I think it can be replicated and uh, I'm, I'm, you know, for your guys' sake, I hope that uh, I hope that it is replicated. Yeah. Matthew Kachuk seems like the kind of guy it's like he, you got to let him do him. And then it's like, 
I, I mean, I think we can all agree that Muzzin puck flip incident, like he acted like a bit of a clown there. Like he, oh, he just, did for sure. Without like, a reason to doubt. Like you, when they cross that line, you kind of have to take him aside and be like, Hey, that was a bit too much, but not the riot act. It's just <laughs> like, you got to rein him in when he goes too far. Yeah. But the rest of the time it's just like, do you, as long as you're not the one that ends up in the box or even if you do end up in the box some of the time, but it's not all the time. Like, do you Matthew? And yeah. I, hopefully that continues with the Panthers. I mean, in terms of leadership, Panthers fans know Barkov is not that kind of, like he does not control the locker room with his voice. He controls it with, you know, his actions. So, mm-hmm. and that's I, honestly, I mean, it, and it was not really something we can talk about with you, Audie, because you don't know the Panthers locker room, but the Panthers just lost two of their biggest voices with Weger and Huberto. And that's yeah. not something we've mentioned yet is that the locker room now needs a new actual voice because I mean, you've still got Ekblad and Hornquist. And yeah. Like, my guess is they're going to wear the A's. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is Matthew Kachuk. He shows up and makes the locker room his. It's possible. Sure. He will. Someone's going to need to take Hornquist's say after next season. He, yeah. he will. I, I can promise you he will. Um, he was like, he was poised to be the next captain in Calgary. Had he signed a long-term deal, I would have, I would imagine it would have come with, uh, with, with, with him getting the C. So I would, I would imagine that, uh, that's part of the game, part of his game and part of the way he is that will uh, that'll go with him in Florida. You know, speaking of uh, Calgary and leadership, one other, this is kind of jumping back to a conversation from many, many minutes ago. Um, obviously, like Huberto and Lindholm would look great together, but speaking of fixing Sam Bennett, maybe you also try to let Jonathan Huberto fix Sean Monaghan. Um, but that's, <laughs> is that's is he going to give up a hip? Is he going to give him a hip? <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's oh. a good guy. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, Barkov, uh, Jameson Olive once told us, I don't remember if he told me or he told us, um, but he once said to me, Sasha Barkov doesn't speak much, but when he does, it's either really important or really funny. So, I, yeah, I don't see him being the kind of person who's going to pull Kachuk aside and tell him to chill. He's more the kind of guy who's going to joke about him being annoying oh probably and he like just a quick (laughs) one-liner and then just go back to tying his skates or whatever like it never happened oh geez yeah that's the kind of guy barkov is (laughs) yeah i could i could picture that too he doesn't i don't know just from the outside looking in like doesn't strike me as the super super vocal kind of captain uh shows it more than he says it kind of thing yeah is that kind of the vibe with him yeah, he's also not the party. To he's the not... point where a lot of Panthers fans think that he shouldn't have the C because he's not loud enough, yeah, which we... I think is bullshit. But <laughs> it's honestly, you don't really know this about our fan base, Audi, but there's a lot of similarities with the uh, Edmonton Oilers fan base in the sense of we like old hockey men and we like hitting and whatnot. Mm. It's just, it's it's not great. We We have constant battles with this fan base over things that are important in hockey. And, you know, there's people who are, were just fine throwing Uyghur into, into a potential trade, or even now that the trade happened, like, Oh yeah, we don't need Uyghur. He was awful in the playoffs. Get rid of that guy. <laughs> and all we could do is just baseball repeatedly and repeatedly be like, no, yeah, you can't keep Uyghur next year, but this is not a guy you throw away. He's a top pairing defenseman. He is a top yeah. 30 to 40 defenseman in the NHL. You don't throw him away. And there was way too many fans who were just really happy to do so. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, every fan base has, has, has that crowd Uh, Calgary. We've, we've seen it before too. Um, But yeah, it's, I don't know. Every, every fan base has it. It's, it's not just the Panthers. You'll, you'll be happy to know. And the Oilers, as much as I like to rag on the Oilers, every (laughs) fan base has the bad eggs. It's not all Oilers fans. It's just 95% of them. That's, most of them. There's a couple good ones. Well, Alex, I think you, the the one mistake you might be making there is I think a large portion of that 95% is uh, is burner accounts set up oh, by yeah. some combination of uh, of Daryl Katz and uh, Kevin Lowe and <laughs> Dale Talon. Yeah. Well, he's not involved in the Oilers organization. Yeah, I'm sure Ken Ken Holland Ken Holland's definitely got a few. And Ken Holland, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he definitely has a few. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. 
Kenny Holland's burner. <laughs> can, I, can I bring up something tangentially uh, Flames related? Sure. Did you did you see the uh, video the Blue Jackets put out over the signing of Gaudreau? I did. Yeah, I watched it. Am I the only one who saw that? And it was just like, yeah, you guys look awful in this video. You look completely inept. One, it starts off with the assistant GM calling Good Branson, Good Branson or whatever. Good Branson. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he can't say Good Branson's name, but he's he's calling Good Branson's agent, and he's like, "Yeah, we're not going to beat around the bush here. Four by four for Good Branson." <laughs> And, and, and you should consider good. beating around the bush. Yeah. <laughs> you know how you know when your team made a bad deal? If your first offer makes the player's agent be like, deal, deal, done. <laughs> okay, sure, yeah. send it over. Like, sure, done. And, I, and I'm just like, and I'm like, you have to, you can't, you have to realize how stupid you are that <laughs> your first offer, this guy said, not even like, hey, let me double check with my client, make sure he, you know, this is what he wants to do. It was like, yes signed done and then i I do have to consider and i haven't seen the video i saw like the first 30 seconds um but i do have to consider how much of that may have been staged after the actual negotiations took place it's possible yeah it's possible and these things do happen like every time we see that content like that behind the scenes content it's heavily edited Unless yeah. you're the Bruins and just you want, want to that show how the, happy you are. The Tyler, Tyler Sagan Sagan. trade video with Peter Shirelli, the greatest video ever from a front office. <laughs> but it's iconic. Yeah. But back to this one. But then it goes like 30 seconds ahead. And it's the assistant GM again playing coy, like, hey, we just got a call from Good Branson's agent saying a former teammate of his wants to come play here. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, wait a minute. You had a buttload of cap space, and the first thing you did at 1201 wasn't call Johnny Gaudreau. He needed to call you to tell you he was interested. Like, how bad of a GM are you? Yeah, I don't know how much validity there is to that video. Again, yeah. every report that I've seen with, with John saying, you know, talking about his decision was that it truly was like, you know, Columbus came in and was like, okay, well, here's, you know, it was like not a last minute deal, but they definitely weren't involved like from the start. I don't think they were like the 1201, hey, sign on the dotted line. Um, at least why that's that's what Gaudreau... Aren't that team. Right, but why that? aren't you? Why yeah. aren't... Like every single... Like even if you are Arizona, you owe it to your organization to make that phone call to mm-hmm. Johnny Gaudreau's agent, even to Bill Zito. Like you call and say, hey, I know we're not, you know... A, an obvious fit, but is this something you guys are interested in? And if you're Arizona and he says, yes, you back up the Brinks truck and overpay, but it jumpstarts your franchise. If you're Bill Zito and he says, yeah, I'm interested and I'm willing to take a discount, then you send then a John- you trade Jonathan Huberto. To right, you tra- <laughs> right. You trade Jonathan Huberto for whatever you can get that's value, bring in Johnny Gaudreau, and you just made your team better. Like you owe it to your organization to always be calling about these top players. The fact that you didn't, like, it's just mind-boggling to me that, it's like, odd. this is like, hey, look at what a great job we did. We came in at the last minute and got lucky that Johnny Gaudreau had zero interest in playing for the New Jersey Devils, and Philly fucked up their offseason. Didn't their make off an season. offer, allegedly. Yeah. yeah, Philly didn't make an offer, didn't clear cap space. Like, you what fell ass backwards. the worst. Chuck Fletcher right hockey, now. baby. That's it. <laughs> like, I can't believe... That Chuck Fletcher has so enthusiastically grabbed that baton. I never thought he was a great GM, but like, man, he became the worst GM in the league real fast. Yeah, it didn't take much. Didn't take much. It's like that Drake meme, you know, like the no and then the yes meme, like the like Johnny Gaudreau, like Drake's waving no, and it's like Tony D'Angelo. Tony D. That's the answer. Tony D. Oh geez, that's too funny. Yeah, I like you had Johnny Gaudreau gift wrapped, and you did nothing to clear cap space for it. The market for James Van Reems like must have been enormous. Like that kind of player, everyone wants that kind of player. It it shouldn't have been hard for Chuck Fletcher to create space for Johnny Gaudreau. The fact here's a here's a thought though. Here's a thought though. Don't sign Tony D'Angelo. If you think right. you could get Johnny Gaudreau, like because he didn't sign with Calgary, he's from South Jersey. It must have been 
in some kind of whisper network that he kind of wanted to go home. It like, there's no way that there, everyone oh, it was, who it pays was loud. attention knew it was that Johnny Gaudreau wanted to go to Philadelphia. Yeah, my, my point is that the day that the day of the draft where they traded for D'Angelo and gave him that contract, there's no way that Chuck Fletcher could have been like, "Well, we had no idea that he had interest in playing in Philadelphia." Right. You can make that Tony D'Angelo trade later. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Yeah, and you could no probably you could him. probably get a little less too. You could probably get a, could have got away with giving him a little less, and giving up fewer assets. That yeah, was it, too. it was just a bad. Chuck was just Fletcher a, sucks. Chuck Fletcher hockey. That's Chuck it. Chuck Fletcher nailed it. He's I'm so, so good at this today. Fletcher. I'm really on my game. <laughs> I mean, Rasmus is a fucking all star. Yeah, we could go. We could have an whole episode about it. But I mean, yeah, I think that no, would we, kinda, we should get suck. we should get a Philly guest on to rag on Chuck Fletcher for an hour. Um, <laughs> so, Audie, I just want to ask. One more quick thing, and that's sure. uh, what else about Matthew Kachuk should Panthers fans be excited about? We all oh. know the 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 play, but what else? What else should we be excited about? Well, I don't know. I mean, aside from aside from being a unicorn on the ice, in terms of you know what, what kind of type, what kind of player he is, and what he can bring, he's just a like I don't know. Every run in I've had with Matthew over the years during his tenure in Calgary have always been incredible like just a super class act guy um very very kind uh great to the fans great to the media um i know that's important kind of being in our positions now right with with covering teams it's you hope that players are kind to the media and and that's something that we've come to realize too is just how genuine of a person he is um he puts the team on his back he he works for you um Good in the community. He does a lot of. He did a lot of good things in Calgary. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's bittersweet because I'm super like, I don't want people to listen to this hit and be like, oh, Audie James is like pumped that Matthew Kachuk is gone. Look at like he's just pumping the tires of the return. I would honestly much rather a world where we were able to try to keep Matthew Kachuk. Um, just a great dude all around. I thought he. I thought this guy loved it here. I thought he loved this team. Um, after seeing Brady sign seven years in Ottawa or whatever long, did they get eight or seven? I I think he got a full eight. Maybe he got eight. So yeah, after seeing Brady sign eight years in Ottawa, I was like, oh damn, maybe, you know, maybe I had the seven, seven. Okay. Maybe. Okay. It was seven. So either way, like that's still long-term in, in Ottawa. Seven, eight and a quarter. I'm going to talk about not desirable markets. Look at Ottawa. Um, but like I don't know, I thought there was maybe a glimmer of hope that he would stay. I thought maybe losing Gaudreau would he. I, there was a part of me that said, "Oh, Matthew Kachuk's going to see that and he's going to be like, I got you,' kind of thing." Uh, he didn't. <laughs> it sucks, yeah. but I hope that for the best for him. There's no ill will from me. Um, I know there's a lot of Flames fans that took it personally, especially with Gaudreau too. Um, I just hope nothing for the best. I'm happy he's going to Florida. It's a team that I can I can get behind. If, uh, if the flames aren't in, um, and you know, I've, I, I, I like the fans I've, I've every fan I've dealt with in the, with, with the Panthers and you guys have, have always been great. So I'm glad that he's going to a, a place that I'm glad he's not going to the Leafs. Not that he was going to stay in Canada or, <laughs> or Tampa or Vegas, or, you know, he's going somewhere good. So I, I just hope that, uh, I hope that you guys get to see that side of Matthew Kachuk and, and there should be no doubt in my mind why you wouldn't, he's just a great dude. Yeah, and I think that's one of the good things when you see these kind of east-west trades, where especially where it's, you know, Calgary is obviously a much larger fan base than the Panthers fan base. But and when you're ranking the Canadian fan bases in terms of like presence on Twitter and whatnot, Calgary's not the one that everyone goes to. So it's like, it's mm-hmm. like, like, cause like you said, it's nothing but mostly positive reactions with Calgary fans. So when you see a blockbuster trade like this, and it's like, all right, now I, you know, who we can, who we can go to Calgary. And I hope they do well there. I hope they have a good time there. I hope, you know, you know, hope we hope we all see each other in the cup. I mean, it's unlikely, but I hope we all see each other in the Stanley Cup finals and we can battle it out and shake hands at the end. And like mm-hmm. that's kind of the good thing about this trade is that you're not hoping the other side fails because you don't yeah. like them. No, no, right. not at all. And that's and you know damn well that I've I would never be like that. And, and Flames fans too. I mean, you guys, there's a lot of people who were upset when Bennett left, but 
you know, jumped over to the flames or the, the Florida side just to cheer for Sam and uh, Ryan Lomberg too. And you got Matthew now. So it's a whole list of reasons why flames fans could be happy uh, for the success of the Florida Panthers. So yeah. we're finally even for uh, Jay Bowmeister. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the first one of these trades where it was like guy wanted out and he, you know, he got to pick his spot and he wanted to go to Calgary. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we got anything left for Audi? I know we went way over time here. Hey, not a problem though. I'm this is it, didn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, I keep looking at the clock like, oh my god, it's already that time. <laughs> yeah, this, this was a lot of fun, Audi. We definitely need to get you on again just because this is a trade that is going to have lasting impact throughout yeah. the year. Like, we're constantly going to be oh, for sure. At each, at, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be Huberto versus Kachuk all season. Who's got more points? Who's have you know who's you know, more in line for an all-star game, which is in South Florida this year. So the odds are it's going to be who we so represent. Both would be funny. Yeah, <laughs> it would be. Who we, who we and we are both making the all-star game for the West would be outstanding. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm just going to take over and land the plane. Wait, Audie James, plug yourself. Where, where can everyone find you? Uh, find me on Twitter at Audie James. That's pretty much my, uh, my home base in terms of social media. I am on Instagram as well, but I don't often use it. It's at Audie James underscore. Cause somebody, there's some other Audie James out there. That I did not think that was going to be a problem when creating an Instagram account, but, uh, yeah, mostly on Twitter at Audie James. You can find me there. Um, like you guys mentioned before, SDPN for game over Calgary and, uh, every Wednesday on locked on flames. Awesome. Yeah. That's it for another episode of Panther Puri. This was awesome. Hey, uh, rate us five stars on surplus.calgary.ca. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for having me though, boys. I never got the chance to thank you. This is, uh, this was good. So we'll definitely have to do it again. Yeah, Looking definitely. Audie, thank you so much for giving us your time tonight. Of course, boys. Anytime. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Thank you.